and taking the time, the just having that confidence to send to yourself in being present. Just have some confidence in yourself in where you are. The pressure of doubt, worry, comparisons, wishing you were, wishing you weren't. Just give yourself a break from that. From time, from achievement, from failure. Come out of that. So we have this opportunity to enter into this heart consciousness, consciousness, the awareness from the great heart, which is holistic. It's not a particular point. We're aware of what's arising for us, that we are the arising. The energies, the feelings, the unskillful, the skillful, the painful, the pleasant, the chaotic. Mm. And just riding on that. We're not putting any pressure on that. It's a very light touch. So first, perhaps the most important gesture is this ability to hover, to wait. A waiting that's just like listening to the rice grow, very soft. No, we're not waiting for anything to end or anything to begin. And this gives that vital element of space, emotional space, psychological space, which allows things to wriggle around, blow out, shake down. Something you starts to relax. And it's out of that very wonderful gesture of uh, spaciousness, lightness, that slowly a kind of sense of ground begins to crystallize. Strange confidence, strange sense of certainty kind of ground. So you bring your heart into that, your sense of aim or intention. Like you just want to be with that, be with this sense of present, non-clinging, non-craving, non-resisting.
So what it means really to take refuge, to find a place out of the endless going on, mm. recognizing that even the struggles to get out of the going on are just more of the going on. So finally we have to rest within that a sense of spaciousness and slowly something starts to form not physical like an energy an energy of presence of confidence of assured assured surety refuge And it's it's the place where the energies of that form and govern the body and the mind find their sense of stability, you know, like a so when you sit with that your body starts to calm down. So because it affects the whole nervous system, the reaching out or the holding back mm. you just start to settle and feel yourself in the embodiment of that breathing in breathing out deepening into that so the body the bodily sense of it really firms it up There's an, there's an energy that's informs body and mind. So we take refuge, that's the mental aspect of that, that's the heart aspect of it. Sense of really coming out of the storm, finding the place within the storm where we're not storming. And there is a center within this. So we just wait gently waiting rather than that gentleness of the waiting is what transcends the storm. from that place you start to feel what you can sense of your body what does the body mean 
to me it means a certain rhythm, a certain firmness, a certain repeated rhythm, a certain flex flexing of pressures, warmth, vibrations. And within the heart of that this this slow pulse of breathing out, breathing in. This is what firms up the refuge. Without this firming, we're so easily thrown out again. When you firm up, then you can really get rooted in that. Investigate it. understand the tendencies to catch the mind and tease it, throw it out. Mm. So in retreat, so get a chance to get down to the, the raw material alive, some of it is quite raw. But one of the big shifts that uh, uh, occur, of course, is, is energy. Normally one's um, moving along in life, is so these something's always kicking the wheel. You know, there's something you've got to do. Kicks the wheel, kicks the energy gets you going you're going to get uh, something I- interesting to get to kicks the wheel pulls you gets you going something terrible you've got to sort out gives you another nudge gets you going uh, always kind of uh, feedback loops of things we've said and done coming kicking in keeps you going keeps you pu- moving you along you know just in ordinary sensory activity, you know, daily life, things you're going to duck, dodge, get hold of, sort out, remember, telephone, talk about, you know, figure out, plan, so forth. All this is kicking the wheel, keeping it, keeping it going along. So it's energetic, rolling on, rolling on, rolling on. Some of it can be pretty sweet at times, pleasant at times. <laughs> real roles. Um, some of it's quite stressful, you know, whereby, you know, you can always feel your, your yourself getting um, bled white by it. You know, you're running out, you're getting pushed along to the point of stress and strain. And uh, still things are pushing, stressing. And often when you're stressed and strained, um, the mind loses its ability to be clear. So you lose your defences, you end up getting more stressed and strained because you lose the, the mind loses its ability to to be firm, to defend, to protect, to you know, to, to centre itself. So the more we lose our our energetic centre, the more we find ourselves getting caught into worries, doubts, compulsions that keep spinning, pulling more energy out, you know. Why it's so important to find a centre, you know, 
and there's a center. So if your energy is to actually uh, not be spun out um, all the time, because it's just you lose your you lose your vitality, lose your mental stability, lose your emotional calm and ease, and with that we lose our joyfulness and our great heart. You know, it becomes more like a football kicked around football. Yeah. Mm. So the centering and this is is a uh, uh, you know the, the raw material of our lives is really the big bit of it is is energy, isn't it? You know, the energy pleasure is in energy. It's something that pleases us. Can we get a certain buzz with that? A certain lifting with that. What lifts? It's an energetic lift. You get an emotion comes out of that, but there's a lift. Sometimes you feel depressed. Depressed, you feel an energetic weight pressing you down. If sometimes you get so sad and depressed, you don't want to do anything. You know, so your energy gets very heavy and torpid. Mm. Sometimes it's very you feel scrambled. What is scrambled? It's the body. No, it's the energies get scrambled. So this this actually is the material, uh, you might say, is is, is the basic material of, of nerve. You could call it nervous energy, because it affects both the the body. You know, you get kind of t- jumpy, restless, or stagnant, and it affects the mind. That is the the emotion. Becomes you get sort of tense, edgy, snappy, or unwilling, pessimistic, depressed, or whatever you know, and then it affects your thinking, erratic thinking, compulsive thinking. So all of these really come from the same source <coughs> of energy, nervous energy. You only got one nervous system, and it's feeding the whole, all, all of our, all of us. You know, feeding our body, feeling our hearts, feeding our thoughts. But you've only really got one system that you're relying upon, the nervous system. Yeah. And uh, some of that's under our control and the nerves that we move around with. Some of it's just autonomous. You know, an autonomous nervous system means it just, you, you can't, it doesn't do anything, but just provides you with the sense of response, effect and response, and the sense of being. Yeah, you might say it's your reflexes, it's effect and response. Your reflexes. That's there's a there's a nervous energy that's just about that, and there's a nervous energy that's about getting the sense of who you are. So it's something that's coherent. Yeah, that's that. There's an energy. There's a nervous system that just provides you with the overall sense of being something, rather than just a cascade of. Who knows what? Hmm? <laughs> Something binds it all together, and of course, so when you have a nervous breakdown, then that very core nervous energy that gives you a sense of being a unified being starts to split, and you get psychotic. It completely it splits, shatters. You know, what's happened? We call it nervous breakdown or something of this nature. Something has happened which which destroys the sense of being a unified being that can't be maintained. Mm. 
So although we take the sense of being something as as normal, well, it is quite normal, but it's not something to take for granted. It can be, it can, you can lose that. You can break down. Mm. And you break down, you can break down under stress. Mm. Whereby the, the, the amount of stressing that the energy system is, is handling is so great that it can no longer maintain coherence. And people do lose it to great degrees to the point where their continued existence becomes unbearable. Or becomes risky, you know, when you get very, very depressed episodes or, or neurotic episodes, you know, where you really lose it altogether. People are doing this to an increased degree in this society. It is, the, it is on the increase. Not that we don't have enough food, we don't, we don't have enough shelter, but we have so much stress that the sense of coherence can't take it. You start to crack up. Hmm? What is cracking up is your, is your energy system, your nervous energy system. Most of us are perhaps are not at that really you know, cr- critical stage at this time. <laughs> But it is not to be taken lightly that we have more or less got it together <laughs> enough to be able to understand and heal and steady and regenerate and replenish our energies, our nervous energies, our nervous system. And upon this, you know, get a sense of serenity, stability, calm, happiness, bodily well-being, relaxation. And this is where the the great heart comes out of this. Mm -hmm. It's actually not a thing itself, it's a sense. It's a sense of firmness, depth, space, and the ability to respond with compassion and kindness. And people can lose this. It needs to be cared for. Mm. It's not an unconditioned, taken for granted thing. Mm. So as we, you know, come into this situation and appreciate the situation that we're in, both in ourselves, that we've got enough of what it takes to take on a retreat and the retreat presents itself in ways that are deliberately set up to um, keep one's energies from spinning out. That's what the renunciation training's about. Just, uh, you know, it's a bit crude, you know, but it's a good theme to be able to put aside some of those things that pull and tug with got to do, got to make, got to have, got to sort out, need this, need that, just to just to relax that or to acknowledge that and just come back into a very simple energetic process with breathing in, breathing out. Breathing in, breathing out, when we refer to this, I'm not referring but to a particular breath 
or even the passage of air, though it accompanies the, the movement of the air, it accompanies breathing in and breathing out. It's really an energy I'm talking about. You know, so as you breathe out, you get a particular kind of suffusive, deepening, steadying quality. It energetically does that. When you breathe in, you get a kind of brightening, suffusing quality. You know? And that's breathing in, breathing out. And it goes along with the the track of the air, but as as you calm as your system calms down, the air breathing becomes less apparent, but the energy becomes more apparent and more steady. This is why you want to sense the energy of breathing in and breathing out. Yeah. When I say energy, it's not. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't mean you know. It's like. Uh, powerful kind of buzzing energy it's just a subtle sense of rhythm you can sense with that and uh, the sense of being refreshed and brightened you know and, and repeated you know you within that you can feel this rhythm that comes and goes and comes and goes you want to focus on that and that energy is not restricted to the respiratory tract it can f- it goes to the entire nervous system that's why breathing in and breathing out is such a good medicine because it goes through the entire nervous system the energy of it goes to the entire nervous system and you find yourself steadied not by fixing and holding on and tightening up but by by being gently rocked you know within this rhythm so the stillness does not come from tightening up and holding on and clamping down in some idea of concentration this the firmness the stillness comes from relaxing into this steady rhythm that you can trust you can let go into you can keep returning to time and time and time and time and time and time again because it never leaves you so this is you know this is really you know this is just kind of basic sanity keeping yourself fit you might say for your for your nervous system so it's not about enlightenment or <laughs> it's just about staying sane <laughs> which is uh, a very important step because <laughs> you get people get enlightened without being sane <laughs> or say they are <laughs> you know because they well they have they just kind of basically cut off the body and go out in some space in their heads because it's weird and strange and, and you don't feel anything you think it's enlightened but it's not yeah. the, Bod- the Buddha said that uh, you don't taste the deathless without mindfulness of the body <coughs> it actually says this you, though you, only, you don't get a taste of deathlessness the release from all clinging without mindfulness of the body You've got to come through this channel because this is the healing place. This is the place where you can turn the wheel back. Instead of being kicked along, you can turn it back and find the center of the wheel and stay in that center. Even when things are spinning around you, even when your thoughts are spinning around you, even when sounds and sights are spinning around you, you can stay in the center of the wheel. And um, you know, 
and there you can really review how important, how urgent, how valuable, how necessary all that spinning is. And it's some, some necessary, some useful, some, some good, some. Not worth dying in a ditch for though. Not worth really making a whole hullabaloo around. Because the centre is the place where you can you can rest, you can generate, you can find your, your, your strength. This is what we can do in our lives. The rest of it will never, has no conclusion whatsoever. Now as, is, as we are referring to um, breathing in and breathing out primarily, most importantly uh, in terms of an energy and why I find it so useful is because this, this, this quality of energy, as I've said before, uh, tran- you know, feeds both body, heart and thought. So it covers all of it. It's not just breathing in and breathing out isn't just something that happens in your body. <laughs> it's, well, you find it there, but actually the energy of that suffuses the entire system. And similarly, you know, just as, as you do that, you find your, your um, without really, you know, having anything particularly to be uplifted about, you start to find yourself feeling a quiet sense of, of ease, quiet sense of happiness, suffusiveness. You ask yourself really what, what does it, the experience of enjoyment feel like when we say we enjoy something. Just look at it in terms not just of um, a particular sense object or the meeting that we have or the friendships we have or whatever it is, the, the hobbies we undertake, things we find enjoyable. Yeah, those are the, those are the triggers, aren't they? Those are the things that get it going. But of course, the enjoyment faculty is in ourselves. Yeah, you know, somebody can enjoy stamp collecting. I can look at stamp collecting and think, pieces, little pieces of paper. Why bother? So it's not stamps, is it? It's that triggered that enjoyment faculty in that particular person. Some people get off on on um, certain kinds of food myself it doesn't really do that much you know um, not to so so the enjoyment faculty is kind of independent of these triggers but it gets triggered by different things to different people mm-hmm. but why actually is the experience of enjoyment what do you feel like when you're enjoying something? I would say probably you feel uh, flowing. You feel you're, you're in something that lifts you. It's flowing along. You don't have to struggle and push it or pull it. There's a feeling, there's a sense that you're not, you haven't carrying any weight. You're being lifted by something, lifted along, carried along. Um, Perhaps you feel, if you're really enjoying yourself, free from restriction. You know, you don't feel tightened up. You don't feel worried. You don't have any doubt. Mm. You're not divided. You're just really with it. Yeah. So this is the enjoyment experience. And actually, you can get that 
in meditation. <laughs> yeah. And because it, it's really, um, you're looking at a particular sense of energy that is unified, is unrestricted, is uplifted. Hmm? It's uplifted, it's lifting. You're not having to drag it, you don't have to lift it up. It's lifting, it's rising, it's buoyant, it's unrestricted. Yeah. It's suffusive. It doesn't just stick in one little corner. It, it, it floods the whole system. And it, so enjoyment is actually a very, very crucial piece of the meditation um, scenario. In fact, you, uh, you, don't, you don't arrive at samadhi without enjoyment. Enjoyment has two features to it. One is this, the very buoyant sense of being flooded and lifted up, which is called piti or rapture. And the second kind is a quality of like contentment of, oh, this is really nice. Just, just sit with this, just be with this, you know. And maybe you get it listening to music or something or on a sunny day to sit back and this is just it, you know. That's called sukha or ease or happiness but it's not a, it's, it's a it's a it's a rested state so these two qualities and uh, these are um, states where the, the your energy system is becoming free from obstructions free from constrictions free from pressure and it's lifted up yeah and you may find that with your friends that happens when you meet friends or, you know, you're having, relaxing on a pleasant sunny day, swimming, you've got your favourite sport, your pastime or whatever it is. And so you go do it again, you go do it again, you do it again. But actually, the most, the, the, the easiest or actually the most, the uh, thing you can do again and again most often is breathing. In fact, you can't help it. <laughs> so if that could be enjoyable, well, for a start, it's free. Um, you don't have to go anywhere for it. And uh, it's just, uh, uh, you know, so, uh, but then you're really dealing with breathing with the, the almost the, the, the very root of, of what can be enjoyed, of the, where enjoyment comes from. And essentially, yeah, it's the clearing away of these constrictions and hindrances and obstructions like doubt, worry, aversion, dullness, drowsiness, restlessness, mm, craving. So if these can be cleared and natural state of being is enjoyment, yeah, is enjoyment. Mm. So this is where the great heart really gets its its lifeblood from. Mm. And we have, you know, two two premises or two places, two aspects. That one is the sustaining, as the Buddha said, to lift up to sustain what's truly good feels good, skillful. 
and the other is to clear away what's uh, negative, afflictive, harmful, to purify. And this is, is this is often understood to be the, the basic teaching, isn't it? You know, lifting up what's truly good, putting aside what's negative, purifying, purifying, cleaning, cleaning out, yeah, polishing, brightening, steadying, cleaning, purifying. Now you can understand these terms in, unfortunately, in quite moralizing ways, finger-wagging ways, you know, because <laughs> of the way we understand good and bad, evil. Often it's a kind of moralizing, you know, you should do this and you shouldn't do that. And so there's a certain approval and disapproval and uh, shame and guilt. Mm and uh, moral rectitude and all that. And uh, this is really uh, one, one, one very unfortunate um, structuring that happens around um, our behavior. You know, it's kind of, it's, in, it's, it's seen from the outside, isn't it? Our behavior is, is assessed from the outside. That is from other people, you know, so you know, I don't like you being noisy, so that's bad. You're a bad person. You know, I don't like you doing that, so you're a bad person. You get it kind of placed on top of you. Yeah. The laws, rules come from outside and placed on top of you. And uh, so naturally, all that stuff has got a kind of constrictive quality and also a divisive quality because, the, you know, you get this stuff... It has no real life energy in it. Mm. It's just all, it's, uh, it's another set of compulsions. Nothing healing in it. And a lot of our uh, kind of moral stances that in, in our society, in our culture, really have no healing in them no sense in which you could actually make good enjoyable and realize that good is enjoyable and that bad is that which makes you feel bad so you don't want to do it you know to just to, to tune in to that so the moral understanding is punitive isn't it so talking to People who work in prisons, prison chaplains and Buddhists, monks and nuns and so forth, and goes to prisons to to talk to people, you know. And you get the uh, sense in which, as a Buddhist, you really want to be able to say to people, well, you know, everybody loses it, you know. And it's time to say, understand why you lost it, how you lost it, why you did wrong, how it felt, the consequences of that, the painfulness of that, you know, and say enough, enough of this, find your goodness, start again, find your goodness, find your sense of forgiveness, find your sense of empathy for other beings. We can all be selfish 
and grasping and violent and so forth. Yeah, when we lose it, and then you want to encourage people to come back to that basic sense of the great heart, which is to others as to myself, and that feels comfortable. Yeah, empathy. But a prison service doesn't really like that line. <laughs> The idea is that you should try and feel guilty for the rest of your life. <laughs> you know, to cultivate this continual sense of remorse and regret. Because they don't understand. <laughs> they feel that unless you have this sense of regret and remorse, you'll do it again. Yeah. Whereas if you so if you really don't un, if you see if you only understand the good is something you you should do rather than something that you already have, yeah. And so, so with Buddhist cultivation, you're really recognizing, you know, there's an original purity rather than original sinfulness. Mm. So if you return to the to the to you know this innate sense of goodness you feel rest in that you feel refreshed in that you feel value for yourself in that you feel a sense of worth in that then you don't want to lose that and that's the basic principle of what's called hiri or self-respect or conscience means you you value your own uprightness because it makes you feel whole and steady and balanced and dignified and you can operate from that so you don't want to lose that that's what keeps you it's called a world protector a world god if you have that then something in you just doesn't want to go outside of that so rather than being held back by um, punishment, fear of punishment, you're gathered in by a love of truth, a love of the heart, a love of of clarity, a love of conscience. Mm. So we can also enter <coughs> that sense of enjoyment through through um, the moral sense itself. You know? And looking at moral, really, not in terms of behavior, mores, the customs of generosity is a moral behavior. It's a, it's a sense of, to, you know, to others and how we can enjoy generosity and how we can enjoy kindness and how we can enjoy forgiveness and how we can enjoy honesty. Yeah? When you enjoy these things, when you find them not because you should or you ought to, but just as, as expressions of your own of your own value then you get the sense in which the your behavior also is that which refreshes and regenerates your nervous system yeah. so you can approach that place of healing either through you know the bodily sense breathing in breathing out or through how we live so at the end of the day, you come back to the sense of today, 
I've done no harm to anyone. I've, you know, had some negative thoughts in my mind, but I haven't acted upon them. Hmm. I've forgiven something. And all that returns you, brings you back to this, the great heart. So these are ways and means. Mm. So it's not just meditation, but it's uh, uh, meditation is perhaps the most um, essential piece because we get down to the the, the raw material, you know, of of energy in a very simple and direct way. Once you understand that, then you get a, also you can begin to acknowledge how everything you do can either take you out into losing yourself in things or can be part of a healthy relationship with what we're doing, with our speech, with our actions, with each other. Mm. So it's really a, a whole cultivation we're looking at. And it's just to kind of, you know, to take the time to wait, to take the time to let that center become apparent, you know, out of all the runnings on the thought and feelings and sensations, there's a, there's a center point. Yeah. And it's the center point of that, yeah, which we have, we wouldn't be able to be here, we're not actually at the moment psychotic or having a breakdown. Mm. <laughs> 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 Are we? <laughs> yeah. It's uh, yeah, there's a sense of coherence. You know, something's holding us together. We don't really, you know, notice that because it isn't a particular thought or a feeling or a sensation, but there's a certain sense of, you know, um, it's all happening within this, you know, it's, it's all happening to a, to a me. Yeah. And the me actually isn't a person at all, but it's a sense, it's a sense of coherence. Yeah. And that, that sense of coherence, that sense of me, which actually has no name, is not an identity, is not a function, is not a job, is not a gender, is not an attribute, it's just the fundamental presence, you might say. That's, um, that's what you begin to sense more and more, just through being present with all this stuff running through and seeing actually what is the, what is the lasting piece in all of it. Yeah, you know, you were yesterday. It was like this, and today it's like that. And when you're in a particular mood, it feels like, oh, I'm like, I'm really this, and it shifts. And you feel happy, you think, oh, I'm really this, and it shifts. And you know, you're in difficult spaces, and you feel, oh, I'm really stuck in this, and then it shifts. What's the lasting peace? What's the peace? If you like, you can almost say your identity behind all these masks and scenarios? What's the basic 
coherence. What's, can you remember that? Can you come back to that? Yeah? It's not a person, it's not an identity, it's not a name, it's not a function, it's not a feeling, it's not a mood. It's a basic sense of coherence. And this is the, the, the peace that keeps us sane. Yeah. It's, the, it's, it's the center and its, its sole function is to hold or to comprehend all the rest of the stuff. I mean, we're always witnessing to some extent. Some of it's witnessing just you're aware of a blur. You, you're, you know you're scrambled. Um, you know you're feeling really on the edge. Yeah. So the center, this sense of coherence, which is in the autonomous nervous system, you know, it's not something you have to do because it's already built in. Yeah, it's your basic sanity, you might say. It's the bit that gets... Pr- cracked up when you when you when you get when you go psychotic you break down yeah so it's this fundamental uh unity and it 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 witnesses and when you're very overloaded the witnessing is 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 quite superficial got no real um steering you know, when you're really scrambled, then you just know you get a sense of being scrambled, but you don't know what to do about it. And, and as you start to slow down or, or collect yourself, then the the witnessing becomes stronger and stronger till it becomes proportionally, you know, more steady than what is witnessed. <laughs> you know, witnessing of course is only a metaphor because it makes it it's like something you see. You could also say it's it's the wit- it's that which receives impressions. A basic sense of chitta, that which receives the impressions, the one who things are happening to, the one who things are happening to, yeah, that. Yeah. And that witnesses, and you know, is our, is the place we return to. And so. You know, and it's all of the practices we do keep returning us to that, because it's still a part of the system. It's not some kind of enlightened something or the other. It's just the part of what everybody has. You know, everybody is able to know they're walking or running or standing still. Or drinking or eating, yeah. and as that gets clearer, everybody can understand or sense skillful and unskillful. That's when the witnessing becomes steadier, because you can feel the skillful as a quality of brightness, uplift, you know, expansive. The unskillful as a more ragged and dark and constrictive effect. So that's you know that's when your witnessing has become stronger. You build it up, you build it up by by waiting, by steadying, by breathing in, by breathing out, by coming back to basic values, by valuing yourself, valuing your presence. You keep putting your energy back into that center, and um, yeah, the first level of witnessing is witnessing, understanding fully 
the difference between the skillful and the unskillful. Not as judgments, but as, as energies that have a definite feel to them. Mm. <coughs> you know, whenever you're worried, you know, you may not, th- this isn't a moral crime. <coughs> worry feels unpleasant. No, it is not a matter of judgment. Worry has got a ragged, unhealthy, it wears you out. It does not regenerate, it does not restore. It's not a sign of moral turpitude, like they say on these visas when you have to go into America. Have you committed an act of moral turpitude? I've worried today. (laughs) 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 But it is unskillful, meaning it does not enrich, does not heal, does not steady, does not regenerate. It just wears you out. Anxiety, doubt, you know. So when you look at the unskillful things like that, things you can't really start wagging your finger around, whereas something like, you know, hatred or or violence is something you can get moralizing around. But actually, these are all of the same nature. And for most people, the hindrances that are most pernicious, you know, are worry, restlessness, doubt, and of course, um, this dullness, this sense of stagnation, this sense of inertia. Certainly not a moral crime, but it's a sign that the energies are stale, held back, withdrawn, no longer bright. So all these are like you're seeing skillful as as health, as energetic health, as moral health, as behavioural health, as bodily health, and the unskillful as the diseased, the afflicted. And that's probably a better way to look at it than just right, wrong, good, bad. Mm-hmm. So your first uh, sense of that is just realizing you can know this there's something that can know that and that's that's the that's the center that's the center of presence so as you and that becomes all this becomes clearer the more you can keep (coughs) returning to um, body to breathing in breathing out actually breathing in breathing out enhances your skillfulness breathing in and breathing out is certainly not a moral act and yet it enhances your skillfulness because you start to feel centered you start to get in touch with that and strengthen that centering which supervises your actions and your thoughts and your feelings and the first thing it knows is wow that feels rough oh that's 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 dark that's heavy and so and then contemplate these as energies so you start to breathe through the dullness breathe in through the dullness breathe out through the restlessness and you're starting to find that just putting energies into the unskillful energies is the purification not Worrying about them, complaining about them, feeling depressed about them, trying to find an answer to them. Yeah. That doesn't do it. Because that's more frantic, uncertain, 
agitated energy. It's not has no. It's got. It's a good idea, but it doesn't actually have carry any medicine. So, <laughs> what does carry medicine is breathing in, breathing out. Yeah. Um, yeah. So with this, you begin to see that somehow, by not apparently not dealing with your problems, you go to the 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 raw material of of restriction, uh, withheldness, agitation, restlessness, fear, you know, uncertainty, and so forth, and you start to clean that through 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 meditation. And cleaning that is brings you into enjoyment. Mm-hmm. Enjoyment is the first s- sign of the return to full health. energetic health and when your enjoyment when your enjoyment comes through this base it's not an enjoyment that is is taking anything of anyone else it's not an indulgence it's a a steady and peaceful enjoyment and it keeps you in the center it strengthens your center it widens your center this is where the great heart gets its lifeblood from so you know just putting that together (laughs) as you just feel where just sometimes just imagining or coming back to in your mind just bringing up a thought or recollection of what enjoyment is you can can look at it this way what is it what it what did it feel like when you felt that that fullness of being what did that feel like? Hmm? Let me see if I can remember it. <laughs> it's somewhere, isn't it? And, you know, and then if you just go touch that particular place where you're there, and from that place, sense how your body feels right now, and how your breathing feels right now mm. so you, you again you can kind of sort of cheat in a way just like you you come back to r- the enjoyment to it's almost like Reminding yourself that this can be this can be present within you, and then picking that up, feeling what happens when you are in that enjoyment, which is inner, how your body feels, how your breathing feels. That's the sign for your meditation. That's the sign of how you hold your breathing, your body when you meditate. It's not forced. It's not intense. It's not hard, it's not casual, it has a sense of fullness to it. So you can approach it that way. 
or just feel what it's like to experience the energy of enjoyment and you play because this is where your center will get its start to get its lifeblood from freedom from restriction freedom from pressure the release and a sense of unity because in enjoyment is the is the entrance to one-pointedness which is the sign of samadhi unification fully present with nothing running out so let's have a few moments stretch your legs and we do some standing together and then uh, finish off with sitting